Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by Dan Mallon of Lucy AI. Lucy, your AI-powered enterprise answer engine, not search engine. So thank you for joining us, Dan. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Uh, Patty, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really really excited to share. We're doing some (laughs) fun and unique things in the world. And uh, excuse me, companies are just inundated with data. And uh, we, we use an iceberg kind of uh, analogy where you, you know what data is there, and really you only know the tip of the iceberg inside mm-hmm. of a company. And, it, and when you talk to companies, it's just I just ask one question. How many PowerPoints are created every day at your company? And then, the, then there, and of course, it's, it's thousands, tens of thousands, mm-hmm. some people even, even more. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so when you think about all of the, money spent in converting data to knowledge right. and knowledge workers creating creating those uh, PowerPoints or uh, PDFs or Word documents or audio files, video files, all that kind of um, all that kind of content. And then the amazing thing happens, which is they store it and and the company pays to store it for let's just call it <laughs> 7 years right. and the likelihood that it ever gets used again diminishes at you know 30 days to be 90% likely never to be touched and at 90 days it's like 98 plus percent nobody ever uses it again and so what lucy does is she attaches to those data stores uh sharepoint box dropbox salesforce sap wherever you keep those files and data Right. And she just reads, watches, and li- listens to them, creates an index. And then uh, you can ask natural language questions, and she brings back answers. Wow. And just saving exorbitant amounts of time of people. And, wow. and they, um, we'll say people energy is two parts, my time. <laughs> and then what I, what else? the other thing that happens is I disturbed 5, 10, 20 people trying to find my answer. Right. So if anybody said, hey, I don't even know how to find it or I don't know where it is, let me ask this group of 20 in, in Slack or Teams. Mm-hmm. I go, hey, who knows where this is? And so now I'm not just using my time, but I'm disturbing others to, to find that same content. Right. No, it's true because like even with me, you know, you can only store. So I mean, thank God a little bit with the cloud, but, you know, most of my stuff, the computer only holds so much. So I've got X amount of external hard drives going on also. And, you know, they go bad, you know, so it's kind of like even when I'm looking for stuff, I'm like, I don't even know which external it's in at this point. And, you know, was that one out? So, yeah, having it in one simple space will definitely save a lot of time and headache. Well, it's funny because I'm the same way. I, I know I built a presentation six mm-hmm. months ago, and I can't find <laughs> I can't find my own content, let alone uh, you know the, a work group or a team, a division, or the entire organization. <laughs> now, what inspired you to create Lucy, and what problems does it solve? So you kind of answered that a little bit, but well, you know, it, it's funny the inspiration. So um, 
uh, my partners and I, we're, we're serial entrepreneurs. And, and, uh, and so we were, um, in, we were selling our last company and, and as we're preparing for sale, we're like, okay, what are we going to do next? Mm -hmm. And so this was a, it was a thoughtful process of, uh, as the, as this AI was coming of age, uh, you know, a handful of years ago, um, we're like, okay, how would we apply this and what do we know? And so we, we started looking at the, that, uh, the problems inside organizations. We'd always sold and worked for the Fortune 1000 kind of companies. So right. we, you know, we, we think in, in, in that magnitude. And so we're like, okay, people, we know people can't find information. We understand that this will apply and be, be available. Uh, I mean, six you know, years ago, we had a, a science project. Uh, over the the past, uh, we'll call it three years, we've really had a great product market fit. We've got unbelievable organizations using the tool, and uh, and it's really really uh, exciting to see Lucy mature and grow. Uh, <laughs> in addition to you know, because because it really is a uh, a product. Um, and again, you know, years ago it took would take a minute to get an answer. Now we're you know five seconds or less. Mm -hmm. um, and again, doing what uh, a team of a hundred people in a year couldn't do, uh, we can do in, in, in seconds now. So amazing. Now, what's been the most rewarding experience of running your own startup? <laughs> well, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm a serial entrepreneur. We're serial entrepreneurs. <laughs> so um, I love I love the process of uh, you know kind of creating and incubating concepts. Uh, creating companies, uh, just unbelievable teams that we have assembled, um, watching our people grow. So, uh, you know, in our history, again, we've done four or five of these startups, but I have uh, 40 or 50 uh, plus entrepreneurs that have started other things and have their own transactions. Nice. And, uh, and, and create. so the, the best thing is, uh, is watching not only our product and company grow, but watching the people that made that success um, succeed with us and then go on. And, uh, and, and I just love, uh, you know, watching the, I'll call it the dashboard of all of them <laughs> and the, and the cumulative things they have done. Uh, and, and not that we made them into what they are in any way. Hopefully we just made them a little better. Uh, they, they learned from the experiences they got, yeah. they got to have with us. And, uh, and, uh, and periodically we, we get to financial rewards too, because they come back for investments. Nice. So what challenges have you faced in developing and launching Lucy? Um, as, as we, uh, go on any entrepreneurial journey, there are so many, uh, rocky roads and things that happen and opportunities. Uh, early on, we started with IBM Watson as it was the only thing that you could buy uh, in the kind of AI space, uh, the commercialization post the Jeopardy, um, you know, the Jeopardy win and other things, the cool things they were doing. Uh, but as they were on their own entrepreneurial journey inside IBM, you know, they kept deprecating and using different APIs. And so slowly we migrated um, to our own, you know, through to our own tech stack. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it was an awesome partnership early on, uh, but, Today, uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a Lucy product that uh, is, 
is a, we'll call it a, a standalone in the world. <laughs> yes. um, and, uh, but it's, it's been, it's been a fun, fun journey. Nice. Now, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs looking to leverage AI and GPT technologies? Um, is that, is that call us? What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Um, right. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and I joke, but that we do have some capabilities to, to help people out. You know, uh, uh, one of my business partners, Scott Libin, and I have been uh, founders of uh, one of the largest um, entrepreneurial business competitions. Uh, the state of Minnesota has something called the Minnesota Cup, uh, mncup.com. And, uh, and so the Minnesota Cup is all about helping entrepreneurs. So we've been uh, helping... I think it's uh, it's approaching like twenty thousand entrepreneurs that we've helped through the through the process uh, over seventeen eighteen years, nice. and actually we're launching the I think eighteenth uh, or nineteenth Minnesota Cup uh, in uh, next week. So it's it, it's an awesome awesome thing as it relates to AI and 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 GPT and other technologies. Uh, be careful of just flashy technology, right? So everybody in the world is saying, "Hey, we, you know, I think it's the 16th announcement this week of GPT in technology." And uh, you know, Slack it, uh, announced it yesterday. Uh, more Microsoft announcements um, this week with uh, their CRM and other technologies. Uh, everybody is is just packing on the letters GPT. Right. Um, GPT is cool. Right. It's cool. But what does it do and what does it do for you? Make sure you understand its business purposes and not just the hype, right. um, because there's a lot of stuff it can and, and there's can do and there's a lot of stuff it can't do. Right. Uh, AI is a little bit more solid in, in the things that it, that it does, but so much of it is going to be about, uh, you know, about the data, the things that you're doing. Uh, how do you um, improve different processes? So right. there's unbelievable things happening and if you think about reading a x-ray and then having an ai look for anomalies in the x-ray mm. i mean it's awesome at stuff like that right mm. and and same things with big data sets and you look at the data and again what can we learn from it but what can we learn from what's missing and how it looks mm. um and and again we've applied this all to a very specific subset of data which is inside the company data not the internet um, the data that you own, license, and 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 uh, already have, and try to make sure that you can leverage it and use it. So, so find that product market fit, uh, enable it with GPT, enable it with AI, but it can't be about AI or GPT because nobody's buying AI and GPT. People are buying the business functions that they provide. Right. Well, it's funny with GPT, like everybody always says, oh, it's going to take over their jobs. It's going to take, you know, it's funny. Um, did a random question. Now, my name, Patricia Baranowski Schneider, it's not an everyday name. So I said, who is Patricia Baranowski Schneider? First, it said I was some doctor um, who worked in the, the health field and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, never. So I said, no, Patricia Baranowski Schneider, CEO for Steen Advisors. And then it came on that I was some someone from Russia who wrote a book. You know, I, three times I asked it. Three times it had something totally unrelated. And I was like, well, this is interesting. So, yeah. <laughs> like you said, implementing it into something part, else. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hardest part with uh, chat GPT today, and again, it's working against a corpus of knowledge, which is Wikipedia and the internet, kind of a subset of the internet. Right. And so 
one example of what you're just saying is, you know, you know, there aren't Wikipedia pages for every person. So therefore, it only found things that had or people that had Wikipedia pages. Right. The problem that people are discovering is um, that, <laughs> I will say this very specifically, ChatGPT answers authoritatively whether it's right or wrong. Right. Right. And, I, and I've done lots of tests and we're, we're doing some really cool stuff. And I should say, at Lucy, we've been working with OpenAI for two years now. And we've had generative AI, which is the concepts of what ChatGTP is a product in. But we've been using generative AI in our product for over a year. Wow. Nice. So, so, when, so when ChatGTP came out, which is some cool new functions against a different corpus. Right. But our experience, we already get it. We're already there. We're already <laughs> using it. Right. And actually, our clients, uh, clients uh, are coming back to us going, um, you know, asking GPT questions and, and our answers, it's already in loose, not chat GPT, <laughs> just to right. be clear. Right. Um, but uh, but the idea is we're generative AI because what happens is you ask a question in Lucy and because you're attached to a thousand different sources of data in your organization, maybe 800 different file repositories, SharePoints, different things, hundreds of licensed or third-party data, depending on where that comes from. And then also we enable uh, structured data through dashboards like Power BI or Tableau or other systems you may have created. So what Lucy does is she finds the best 10 answers from all of those places wow. and she brings them back to you. But what she also does is then write a synopsis of the answers so you get a single textual thing right. that says, here's the answer. Um, and then, by, but that also enables and this is where it gets crazy. Does anybody use Teams or Slack? And so if you ask a question in Slack, and while you're asking the 20 people to help you find whatever that information is, right. just at, mention Lucy and she'll respond in <laughs> five seconds. That's awesome. And it turns out she responds faster than everybody else. <laughs> and so it, it, it gets the answers out and available. But the other thing is we always provide kind of that validation reference of where the data came from. And this okay. is what chat does, chat yeah. GTP and other technologies don't do. We're saying, hey, we looked at these three documents. Here's the answer. You can click here and look at the documents if you need to, yeah. right? And so it's a big difference um, in that authoritative approach to what happens. Right. And so we don't want to just say, this is the answer. We say, hey, this is the answer. First of all, it comes from your own data company. Right. It's your data, not the internet. And not only that, here's the dot. Here are the documents that became this answer. Right. So if you need to look at, it, and not only that, we say on page sixty-eight of this hundred-page PDF and slide thirty-two mm -hmm. of this sixty-eight slide um, PowerPoint and this Tableau dashboard, yeah. right? Made this answer. Right. So we don't just point you to the document, we point you to the answer <laughs> in the document. That's amazing. Saves a lot of legwork. <laughs> nice. Uh, now, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, how do you see knowledgeable management evolving in the in the coming years? Well, so, you know, th this category of knowledge management is kind of funny because um, I it, it has existed for decades, right? And it used to be um, a librarian function inside an organization, the research library. And I uh, 
in the 90s worked at 3M and we had a research library and I actually helped enable some of the technologies that they used, right. um, you know, back back in the day. So so knowledge management and there've been knowledge people management and the and subject matter experts and and all kinds of things that we've always done. And, and even the subject matter experts you'd think are resistant to knowledge management, but it turns out they love it. <laughs> Because if I'm a subject matter expert, the thing I don't want to do is answer the same question again and again. Right. And so what happens, and even in a feedback loop, um, we had a client said, okay, ask a question of Lucy. If the answer is not there, we route it to a subject matter expert. Right. And the subject matter expert fills it in in Lucy, creates the content. So next time that person gets the answer, but then next time everybody gets the answer. And, uh, and so it, it's building the corpus of knowledge at the same time, but subject matter experts want to actually expand and explore and do thought process things, not um, be a help desk to answer questions. Right. And so very, very different. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. The other thing you'll see is, um, these chat tools that are that, that create knowledge workflows. So, you know, when someone says they have an AI chat tool, what they're doing is creating answers to specific questions. Mm -hmm. So you might have a hundred answers in there and, and somebody has to create the answers and, <clears throat> and create a whole process around managing those answers. Right. But they don't answer questions beyond those hundred answers, thousand answers. I think, you know, one of the biggest uh, I've ever seen has 5,000 answers, right? But they have 20 people managing 5,000 answers on an ongoing basis so they can answer those questions right. and be right and do all those things. And so one of the things, if you had that same kind of technology, and then you also had like a knowledge management system like Lucy, what ha happens is you don't have to manage 5,000 answers. You might have to manage 200 because some of them are really important that they get answered this way and not not an AI, we want those answers. Right. But you then can manage the other 4,800 or 4,000 or whatever that number is just by asking Lucy, but there isn't a, a, a upward limit. It's not 4,000 answers, it's 400,000 answers because wow. that's how many questions get asked. Right. And Lucy can answer them all, but only the ones that are required to be pro programmatic mm -hmm. are done through that programmatic method. Wow. Huge cost savings and huge value add to organizations. Yeah, for sure. Now, what do you think are the most important trends in AI and GPT that businesses should be aware of? <laughs> trends. It's funny because GPT has been known maybe for 30 days to most of the world, right? <laughs> I <know>. uh, <laughs> as I said, we've been working with uh, with OpenAI for two years. So it's the trend is GPT. Um, uh, but but again, I, I talked about a little bit in the entrepreneurial conversation. It's it's how and what is it going to do for me? Mm -hmm. um, and what are the right and wrong ways to use it? And, um, uh, you know, let's talk about education because there's so much concern that people are uh, going to use it to write their papers or do things. We used to be all concerned. How are we going to do research if we can't, if, they, if, if kids use the internet? Well, first, and, and even going back, um, I'm an old man, but uh, going backwards in, in school and, and they would say, well, we, you can't use a calculator in the test because you might not always have a calculator with you. Right. Guess what? <laughs> no. I always have a calculator with me. Yeah. Um, and so 
we need to embrace the tools and teach people how to use them for their advantage. And there is no, the act of doing the research isn't the value add. And so ChatGPT in its current state is an unbelievable research tool, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can say, hey, you know, help me with, uh, uh, you know, uh, actually Guy Kawasaki, Right. Uh, uh, entrepreneur, an art of the start, uh, and I—I uh, I had the honor of working with them at Apple in the '80s. So I'm a—I'm a big fan and, and friend. Mm-hmm. And so a guy just wrote a post saying, "Hey, ChatGPT has helped me with my next book," and it's you know, but it's all about research and finding quotes that match what he's trying to do and all these things. It's not writing his book, right. but it's increasing his ability to write books. And the and how many pages or word you know words a day he can do, not because right. he actually writes faster, because when he's trying to find something, it's finding yeah, things. Right. And I have a I have a son in college, and he's already uh, figured out great ways to hey help me figure some stuff out. Uh, and anybody who's read something that Chat GTP writes, uh, if you hand that in, you're mistaken because it's right. not good. Right. But um, but everybody needs an editor. Become your editor, right. and the truth is that process will teach you. The kids, the students, the college students will learn in the process right. using ChatGTP. And if they just hand in something that was written by it, everybody's going to know because it's yeah. repetitive and right. it's all things that will improve. Um, but it's it, it's not about. Uh, it's about speed and value and value add. And where is the value add in the process? And, uh, and so, you know, starting with the editor, but also, uh, but the research assistant may be a little bit more concerned from a job perspective, right? right? When, you, when you look at it, because I don't need the research assistant um, in the same light, uh, because the same question I asked the research system, uh, assistant, I can ask ChatGPT. Hmm. Um, but you still have to validate stuff, right? Yeah. It's as I said, there's no evidence. It's not that it's always right, uh, but uh, but it's a it's a time saver. Uh, and I might add, going all the way back to that encyclopedia, uh, <laughs> that information was in print and it could never change. Right. You had to buy the new encyclopedia or look at the updated year volume right. to make sure the information's still accurate. Now, again, if you're researching dinosaurs, it's probably <laughs> right. Right. But if you were searching AI yeah, in the encyclopedia, right. it would have a different definition. Right. Yeah, no, it, it is funny how when you see anything that ChatGPT writes, it is repetitive. And you're right that it's not 100%. Because I remember I had a link for a bunch of conferences that I had to do for a client and had to research, you know, where they were, what days they were, and what it was about. So I figured, oh, rather than me do all of this, let me just give it to ChatGPT. So good thing I checked it. Again, not realizing that it's only updated to, what, 2021? So it came back with some information from like 1990s. And I was like, no more current. And then it came back with information still. It was like 22,000 or whatever. And I said, no, 2023. So it, it, the funny part is it won't say it's wrong. It won't say it doesn't know. It has to give an answer. So it gave me information that they're in Texas or in the state. That's what it's about. And I was like, oh, thank God. I, good thing I looked. I'm like, no, it's in Florida. I'm different. So I'm like, where did you even come up with this? So, it, you know, it, it's good to a point. But yeah. <laughs> Well, there, there's other really, um, there's some key important things about how chat GTP works mm-hmm. that make it really hard to implement as is, 
inside a corporation or inside other purposes? And so the first answer is the information today is uh, repository of information. But they're opening up, uh, um, OpenAI has announced that you can create your own corpus. Um, but those corpuses are all or nothing today. So if I create a corpus, I then give whoever has access to it, access to it. Where Lucy, inside an organization, they may or may not have privileges to that information. Right. And so it's a really important differentiator, which is, yeah, except I can do this at all different, you know, work groups and, and different user levels. Right. And again, two people asking the same question, if I have different data sets available to me, I get different answers. Right. I might still get the same, you know, answer in general, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's it's about the privilege and the access to information uh, and security, which is totally required in the corporate environment. Right. And then the other thing is because you're doing large repositories, it's taking huge compute power to do what they do. Right. Huge compute power. And so, you know, and, and uh, you know, there are all kinds of estimates of how many millions a day they're spending in compute power to, to power chat GPT. Right. And again, obviously, that's the internet or some subset of the internet. But even inside an organization, to power uh, what the way they're doing it and how they're doing it will take uh, uh, huge resources. And so, and we run into these people. You know, well, they think they now can build it, right? right? <laughs> well, I can just turn this stuff on. You know, I've got uh, there's a whole bunch of experience and, and knowledge in what we've done, how we've done it in uh, right. various places, and. Uh, for the price we sell it for, there's not an organization that can build it. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and then, uh, and I would argue their compute power requirement will be equal to our cost. <laughs> so even just the compute power right. will cost, not talking about the staff and the ongoing maintenance of software and all kinds of things. But mm -hmm. there's always this push because IT people are creative in nature, they want to do stuff, why would they want to let you buy something that they would prefer to build? Right. Um, and, you know, and so you could build a word processor, yet we all use Microsoft Word. You could build an, a spreadsheet. You could build all kinds of systems. Right. Um, it's not a value add to do that, and we've proven that again and again. And then the ongoing maintenance costs, right? So somebody decides to build it, they put together a little team, right. but they, they don't want to actually maintain it. They just want to build it because that's the fun part. <laughs> so inside organizations, uh, and it's really funny because we, the, the, we're getting all kinds of new conversations of build versus buy. And, uh, and our, most of our enlightened uh, prospects are like, yeah, building <laughs> sounds fun, but it's really yeah. not a good you idea. You do the work and we'll pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, what do you believe are the most important skills needed to be successful in the industry? Um, well, from an entrepreneur's perspective, it's just the gumption to keep going, right? right. No matter what comes at you, uh, what those challenges are, that, you know, that's an entrepreneurial view. Um, from a technology perspective, you got to find that product market fit. You think you have it. You got to get clients to validate it. Right. Um, you need uh, referenceable clients. And, and uh, we have this awesome, awesome client, and I get to talk about PepsiCo as a client because they love to talk about it. And they, um, they had a, they actually had a product vision for what they wanted to do. Um, and, and it's called Ada. 
And uh, Stefan Gans, uh, actually, if you look him up on LinkedIn, he's the research and insights leader at PepsiCo. And he published his vision on LinkedIn. A year after we implemented his vision, he published a critique of performance review of what they call ADA, okay. ADA. And ADA, um, ADA Lovelace was actually uh, the first computer programmer in the world. And so they've named our implementation of Lucy ADA. And ADA contains Lucy, but we, we part of the power of Lucy is you get access to all these other systems. Right. So Lucy is the core asking questions, but no, we've stitched in, you know, hundreds of different uh, sources inside um, uh, inside ADA and for tens of thousands of users uh, globally at, at PepsiCo, and they keep adding use cases and opportunities, and it's really a, an awesome, awesome story. But the, the key is getting that referenceable client, getting people uh, and, and again, there's multiple uh, multiple webinars and other places where we have shown Ada with Pepsi uh, in, in public. So, uh, giving us the the rights and opportunities to to talk about. But today, we have organizations coming on board. You know, they're a five thousand person company, and hundred percent of the users will have uh, the, of the organization will have access to their uh, Lucy implementation. And uh, and we're just feeding in you know more and more data, and 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 the and the other thing, you know when we index, we automate the indexing. We autom Nobody has to upload documents. Nobody has to put something in Lucy. Right. But we also index at a scale that can't be done. Mm -hmm. When I say that manually, I should say can't be done manually. So again, because what we do is we index again in a PowerPoint. We index every slide. Right. not the slide deck. So if you are, so, you know, we can't, companies can't even get people to index the, the slide deck. Right. We do it at every slide. So it, it's, it's a 150 times the work <laughs> kind of, kind of thing. But what that does is allow us to bring back the slide. Right. Um, and, and we do this at scale and millions and millions of documents and every night we're processing new ones. We monitor their systems for ads, changes, and deletes. And so if you delete it from your file server, it's gone from Lucy. If okay. you add something or change something, it just gets queued up and brought into Lucy. Nice. Now, what do you think are the most exciting opportunities in the AI and GPT space right now? Uh, well, this is where I, you know, this is Lucy, but it's other things. Fi find solutions that do what you want to do. Learn about what they can do for your company. Right. And uh, and again, th this stuff is happening everywhere. So depends what you do, right? Again, I talked about medical, medical research. Right. I think, you know, I, I do believe that AI will help enable the cure for cancer. Right. Is it the cure for cancer? Absolutely not. I think the data already found it. We just don't know where it is and it right. hasn't been synced together. And, and so that kind of stuff's happening. The GPT stuff that we've talked a lot about, which is, um, hey, you got to be wary of what and how it's being used. But the, the, the power of this uh, concept and tool and, and uh, but it has to be in smart hands. You talked about, you know, the, the contents dated, the process. Yeah. And, and they have a, uh, I mean, the underlying technology behind GPT is open or, or uh, is GPT 3, 3.5 and GPT 4 is uh, on the horizon. Mm -hmm. 
and it's actually going to be tenfold better. Wow. So the data set behind GPT-4 is, is, is much better. Technology stack is, is much improved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so within, the, I'll call it within a year, you're going to see GPT-4 enabling chat GPT and other things. And, uh, and, and we're just enamored by the increase in capability. But this is a tool. Right. Both of these are tools, AI and GPT. And so I'm going to ask you a couple questions. We're on a video call right now. We're using the internet to talk to each other. Right. Um, could you tell me what your uh, uh, POE Ethernet switch is? I have no idea. <laughs> right, because you don't care. Yeah. That's, yeah and can that's you tell that. me what kind of braking system is in your car? Right, no. you don't care. Yeah, I just need and to so get this is really <laughs> Right. And, and I used to use the same example. When you pick up the phone, does it have dial tone? Right. You don't care what the switch is. You just yeah. care that I can make a call. I can right. connect the call. I can connect the internet. I can break when I need to. Right. And so this is what I, we're talking about, underlying technologies and features. Right. Like there are things. And they aren't things. <laughs> they literally aren't things. Right. And so we have, you need really good and smart people to make them into things and consume them in things. Right. And you shouldn't care what they're doing. Right. They're, they're black boxes. And I'm not saying let them run free. Understand. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we have to be conscious of bias and all kinds of other components inside of this. But the reality is I just want to break when I need to break. Right. And that's what that's what AI is, right? It's 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 just technology that's right. enabling whatever I'm trying to do. Right. And so what and interestingly enough, everybody every product in the world is just adding the terms GPT because mm-hmm. they're quickly trying to make it do something <laughs> in their software. Right. And and that too is going to be a curse, right? right? Oh, and we have Lucy GPT. And and so for Teams or Slack, you can it's a low entry point. There's no Lucy full product stack. It's just, I can ask questions in Teams or Slack and, right. and it's a lower price point uh, available for 100 person organizations and up. Um, and it's really, really cool. And uh, and again, it, it's it's actually the part, piece of the product that we've been using for a year um, and, and completely enabled. But just remember, we're talking about technologies and not products. Right. And products are what companies and people need to buy and use right. um, because it doesn't matter. And the truth is, uh, if GPT uh, is replaced mm-hmm. from from somebody else, right. Right? it doesn't matter who, yeah. Lucy won't look any different. We'll, <laughs> we can just replace it in the background right. and our product still works and it will just work better. Mm-hmm. And I talked about you know Watson leaving our product. Right. Our clients don't know that because they didn't know or what was in there and didn't care. Yeah. It's a function we provide and it's our job to monitor and track all of the improvements that are available right. and pick the best of. And we swap out pieces and components all the time for newer or better or improved versions of those things. Right. So if our current vendor for a, um, for a commodity like brakes mm-hmm. in my car isn't the current best I can buy it from the new vendor and all of a sudden the next round of cars now in SaaS or in SAS it's we just it's just the next revision comes out we're using a different tech stack or a different component in the tech stack 
And our clients pay us to know which is the best and delivers our best service. That's what they right. care about. Again, right. why they shouldn't build it. If they build it, they're going to be committed right. to whatever it is. <laughs> and, uh, and so, um, and that's what we need to talk about. We need to talk about the functions, the business purpose, that use case, the product market fit, however you want to look at it. Right. That is what's so important. Not, you know, I have a, a, a uh, Mintel one, two, three switch. <laughs> right. It's funny, as you're talking about all this, I kept thinking like, you know, all these companies that could actually use this, like, you know, um, law firms, like when you mentioned doctors, doctors, for sure, they've got so many patient files and medicine files and, you know, everything. And, you know, lawyers with 50,000 clients and 50,000 reports and legal cases. I mean, there's so many people that can use this. It's awesome. So you want to tell us anything else about Lucy? So <laughs> I was talking to a huge multinational company yesterday, and, they, and we were talking with their legal department. And while there are legal use cases that do exist in, in all kinds of spaces, their use case is actually all of the project teams that have all kinds of contractual obligations all around the world in different cities and different laws and all kinds of spaces. So they can refer to what is the right clause that they need in a new contract or what are the terms of, in the existing contracts that they manage. And so it's about not, not disturbing the legal team for all that little, you know, subject matter expertise, but it's to enable all the people who need access to it to have access to it. Now, again, the legal team would also be able to use Lucy for other purposes, like where do we have this clause? Can I pull it? And and so can I be more efficient or uh, those kinds of things? So the, the, the use cases uh, in HR, uh, learning management, um, uh, we do a lot in helping people find who is the expert inside a company? Uh, um, again, lots of marketing, research integration. Think about this. A global manufacturing company with manufacturing plants all over the world that has the plant manuals, how to operate the plant, how to maintain the manufacturing equipment, how to service it if it breaks, is a little closet filled with manuals. So the, the engineers in the plant Something breaks, they go into this little closet, they start looking it up, they go try things, they go back, they go try things, they go back. And of course, that's in in France, it's in French, in Italy, it's in Italian, and all kinds of things. And so, um, again, Lucy just reads, watches, and listens to all those things, wow. and you can then ask questions of, um, of Lucy, of how to fix, how to do it, whatever. So... So uh, Lucy, someone put aircraft engine maintenance manuals. In. And, and again, Lucy has read, watched, listened to all of the components in there. You ask a question, how to do this, what to do, up comes the right chart, right description, and Lucy drives you right you know, through it. It's a, it's a big structured PDF, right? Wow. That's what we're using. Um, in our demo, um, we put the Tesla user manual in, we put the Rivian user manual. So if you ask a question, how do I restart the Rivian? Whatever those things are. Up again, it's just a 200, 300 page PDF. And up comes <laughs> the right page that says, Here, here's how to do that. Wow. And it's just amazing. And so um, Lucy's limitations aren't uh, about technology and implementation. 
solution. Lucy's limitations from our perspective as the entrepreneurs is our go-to-market strategy, right? I can't attack every market that Lucy could be valued in, even though you can call us and we'll sell it to her. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, It's about, we have to be, you know, we're focusing on Fortune 1000, big companies, uh, Lucy GPT allowing us to go a little bit uh, on the smaller side uh, as an intro or light product. And then, uh, and again, enabled in Teams, enabled in Slack, and and uh, and. But Lucy has yet to find a challenge. Uh, we're doing uh, pharma. Uh, we, we're, we're working for pharma companies. We're working for private equity, where they have huge repositories of uh, deals and documents and uh, things. Patent searching and patent value. People just throw challenges at Lucy and. And, uh, you know, we always, uh, we get a little, little bit of a light test and right. she, she flies, she, you know, <laughs> and, and our methodology is, hey, let's show you what Lucy does. Right. Send us 10 documents. We'll put them in our Lucy and show her what you can ask questions of your documents. And then let's get going. Nice. Oh, she sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. She's my best friend. Oh. <laughs> well, that's awesome, though. Well, thanks again for being on the show. Again, that was Dan Mallon. Thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show. So thank you again. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.